good morning to all thank you for joining us as we continue our webinar series of impact the COVID-19 pandemic across different sectors of the real estate industry today we focus on the hospitality industry and we hope to impact some turnkey solutions and best practices for uh, managing hotels during market crisis. My name is Fausto Liviano and I will be co-hosting today this webinar with my colleague Raymond Velasquez. Good morning everyone. Thank you, Fausto. Since the hospitality industry is a huge topic, we will be tackling this discussion in several parts. Today, in the first part, we're honored to have distinguished guests with extensive experience in the hospitality industry. Our first guest is Mr. Stanley Law, General Manager of Tusitani, Manila, who will provide his insights from the hotel operator's point of view. And, uh, and we also have our colleague who heads our hospitality and leisure real estate, Mr. Tim Hallett. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you very much. Yeah, so without a doubt, the tourism and hospitality industry has been among the hardest hit by this ongoing pandemic. And some sectors like resorts, for instance, have some total standstill. Team, my first questions for you. Could you give us a, an overview on the extent of the effect of this pandemic uh, in the industry and uh, ec economy up to now? Yeah, thank you, Raymond, and uh, good morning to everybody. And uh, it's a pleasure to speak to everybody and share some very impactful views on the hospitality sector in the Philippines. Now, we feel that the, the overall academic seems to be a, a turning point in terms of the spread as we speak, but it's really difficult to know what the final impact will be on our economies. At this stage, the tangible impact on the hotels is, is tremendous. And it's a significant drop in booking pace, increased cancellation, Pretty much every event has been cancelled and, uh, you know, it's going to soon lead to other pressures as well. You know, the, the, the inbound traffic from airlines um, right through to sort of, you know, capital pressures from banks and financing. So it's a, it's a big challenge. Most hotels are closed, uh, only allowing long-stay guests that were in residence um, on or around the March the 17th deadline um, who are allowed to continue. Um, so it's challenging. If we look at the broader Asia issues, um, you know, we know, uh, as like the Philippines, everybody's running in single digit or, or lower occupancies. And um, the, 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 the crisis is, is, is really a big challenge to everybody. You know, in the Philippines, you know, tourism was in reality one of the bright stars of the Philippine economy. Yeah? Uh, development growth and investment in new destinations, airports, hotels was at the highest levels. And, and you know, we are seeing we were seeing so many new developments coming. Tourism contribution to the GDP was again a, a, a massive number, you know, potentially in 2019 reaching 3 trillion pesos, um, of which over 500 billion was coming from international tourists, which again um, was, was, was funding the growth of, of, of our business. Yeah. If we look at the people, uh, which is a significant factor in the industry, more than 6 million people of the employed population in the Philippines are actually employed in, in, in the hospitality industry. Exposed of the millions of casual workers that work on uh, daily support and contract service workers in the industry. Again, um, 
contributed a significant undisclosed impact on the economy. Smaller resorts have closed, uh, branded hotels while remaining open, um, working single-digit occupancies, and um, we're below break-even points even. The longer we go on, the more impact it's going to have on the, the funding of the developers and the owners of these properties. Knock-on effects are also enormous, guys. You know, the airline industry, the F&B industries are also being heavily impactful. So today um, will be good and we can look at some of the issues and we can maybe determine how, you know, as a team, um, as an industry, we can all work together to help and uh, transition our way out of the, uh, the crisis. Thank you, Raymond, and thank you all. And let's have a good discussion. Thank you, Tim. That's interesting. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Raymond. So the first question will go here to Stanley from me. Stanley, what is the current state of business in your hotel and in the local market? Uh, good morning, uh, Fausto. Good morning, Raymond. And uh, good morning, uh, Tim. It's yeah, a pleasure to be here with everybody. So as our team have said, it is a very challenging time for many of us in the hotels industry. Tim have also shared that hotels are running single occupancy. Yeah. So in Dusitani, Manila, we are located in uh, Makati city center. So we are we are slightly better than a single digit because the, the Department of Tourism have uh, certain regulations. You can take the business in uh, two kilometers uh, radius for essential industries. And uh, we have a lot of uh, BPO, business uh, processing, outsource uh, operators over here. So hence our occupancy is at 20 to 25%, yeah, slightly better than others at single digit. We're only providing uh, packed meals for the in-house guests and doing uh, some food delivery to survive the situations. All the restaurants, the facilities are closed. The hotel are uh, only generating very minimal uh, revenue from the occupied rooms and from the packed meals or delivery that we have. We closed out the hotels also on uh, last week yeah, because we also in view of, uh, we, we focus on the safety measurement, which we have to ensure because right now we have a very uh, skeletal workforce to, to do that. And um, majority of the guests, uh, as Kim uh, have mentioned, is long stay guests and uh, they are employees working with the BPOs uh, in the two kilometer radius uh, from the hotel. Hi, my name is Fausto Liriano and we are back in our webinar Managing Hotels During Market Crisis Part 1, Episode 2. Thank you, Stanley. And Stanley, at DUSI, what key initiative have you taken to mitigate business loss and what profit or revenue protection plans have been introduced? Well, uh, this is a very important uh, point that everybody will look at. Yeah? Because uh, everybody has a lot of uh, initiative uh, to, to, to mitigate uh, all the losses that we have because it's a losses uh, situation right now. But one thing very important that uh, we have done over here, immediately after the out, I mean the the, Senate, the situation of COVID nineteen uh, and uh, enhanced quarantine or quarantine in different uh, regions have been announced. We look at our cash flow. So we uh, we know the the forecast of our business with the current BPO, 
we, we look at the forecast and uh, the the minimal revenue that we generated and then we see how long this cash flow can allow us to stretch to survive this period. On top of this uh, current scenario, we also consider another scenario, the worst case uh, scenario. So we put on another uh, projection if the hotel uh, have to shut down entirely, how long this cash flow will help us to survive. Protection plan for profit and uh, revenue as uh, also shared. We don't have any profit. Yeah? We only can uh, mitigate losses that we have. So just one thing to stretch the survival period as long as possible. And uh, because we do not know how long this situation will last. Cost containment is uh, really a standard operating procedure, sorry, key during these times. Stanley, uh, can you share with our audience any specific plans you have implemented so far? Yeah, so that, that is uh, quite quite a lot of uh, details, but I just want to uh, put in some very, uh, uh, very uh, important points, the big tickets, so we can look at that. So, uh, as we know, in the uh, in the highest cost in hotel operation is labor and utilities. Hence, we put a lot of effort, which later I will go through about this. And then we look at uh, the break-even point. Tim have uh, briefly mentioned just now. Yeah, uh, example on uh, reducing the cost of occupied rooms, cut all the non-essential expenses, yeah, such as like decoration in the lobby, lobby sanding. In this period of time, it do not add value anymore. And after this, we move on to uh, various uh, service contracts. So we have a list of service contracts to look at uh, what is the things that we can uh, eliminate you know, to stretch the survival uh, period. So let me come back to uh, labor and uh, utility. Okay, in labor, so of course we have no casual, as Tim mentioned, you know, we, we cut the casual so We only utilize our full-time employee and we become very detailed in the productivity of the current full-time employee. Uh, this is no, no longer a business-as-usual kind of uh, productivity evaluations. Uh, it's not like how many rooms, and how many staff, how many guests in the restaurant, how many staff. It's not that formula anymore. So I give some examples. Yeah? In a guest room, we clean twice a day because we want to reduce the, the, context, of the, uh, uh, the contact of the room attendant with the guests. Yeah. With occupancy of 20 to 25 percent for 490 rooms hotel like Lusitani Manila, we only need four room attendants to do that. Okay, so another example, like uh, in the food and beverage, because the staff is only serving packed meals, we no longer operate the restaurant. The shift of the staff no longer the business as usual kind of shift. We do a shift from two o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the morning because they are only uh, preparing breakfast for the in-house uh, guests. Yeah. And another very creative example yeah, that I want to brought up, like for example, a gardener, they, normally they will, uh, they will just do a gardener job, but now they have to do a landscaping only until in the afternoon. And then the gardener, of course, you must hold a professional motorbike license. The gardener will be the one to do the food delivery from noon onwards until the evening yeah that's the kind of productivity productivity we, we, we talk about so other full-time uh, employees who cannot report to work because of the uh, there's no transportations now 
they are clearing on a vacation leave. Yeah. Of course, the example that I shared about the gardener, the food and beverage and the room attendant, that's only possible right now because as you know, uh, all the hotel staff are mandated to stay in a hotel according to the Department of Tourism regulation. So some roles can be also done in uh, working from home. The words WFH become very popular. But I must also uh, share that uh, we must be very specific in the task that a certain employee is doing the WFH at home. Yeah, and those duration of the time that they've taken to uh, complete each task, from then only we accumulate the number of hours and we award a full paid uh, working from home pay, whereby the others will be considered a credit to the vacations uh, leave. So the period of uh, this quarantine have extended much longer. A lot of them will be running out of the vacation leave. For Dusitani Manila, we give a subsidy uh, kind of unpaid leave to ensure that even in a uh, unpaid leave uh, period, all employees still get a minimum kind of pay, at least 40% that normally what they get. So that's on labels. I move to utilities. Uh, outside from labor, as I mentioned early on, utilities is also another high tickets uh, cost area. So let's look at the big ticket item. For example, uh, the operation hours of the boiler. Yeah, you need to be very specific. The reduction of the walk-in freezer in all the restaurants yeah, and areas that we have. The walk-in chiller as well. Shut down as many freezers and chillers that you, uh, we do have. Aircon chiller temperature. You have to understand what time the guests wake up, what time they go to work. Because right now, you're serving a group of BPOs that work at, uh, in the midnight. So you need to optimize the hours that needed and minimize hours that do not need. Yeah. Lower number of guest leave, of course, with the numbers of occupancy, which is mass, uh, much lower. These are the big tickets uh, item. Um, about break-even. So team talked about break-evens. So for for men, now as we know, most of the guests are long stay in the uh, uh, their BPO. We have to change the break-even point. I talk about room amenities. We replace uh, guest amenities with much more practical long-stay amenities. Yeah. And uh, the miniatures, uh, bathroom amenities, dental kits are all no longer practical. And also the bottled water. We give a refill area for everybody to come down and pick up their water. Those are the big items uh, that we talk about in cost containment. Hi, my name is Fausto Liriano, and we are back into our webinar series, Managing Hotels During Market Crisis Part 1, Episode 3. Thank you, Stanley, and sure our audience for today will pick up a lot from, from how you're you're addressing this situation. Um, team, just, just a thought, now, as we emerge in this crisis, what strategic actions uh, should hotel developers consider in the future? And uh, how do you think the hotel brands and operators align to this support to support these strategies of the developers? Yeah, thank you, Stanley. And you know, I think Raymond and, and listener, uh, listeners, Stanley has, has really highlighted a lot of very, very good strategic points. But you know, we try to look at this as a positive effect and, and how we can evolve opportunities to create platforms for our recovery. 
and how do we grow in the future? You know, at the end of the day, uh, for every crisis, we firmly believe that opportunities arise, and I think that's very important. We all need to keep in, keep in our mind. Yes, the industries will be changed. The industry will be changing. Yes, we will probably do things differently for a significant length of time. But the most important thing is, is that um, whatever strategic plans now, whether you're a small operator or a, a major uh, a brand, international brand, um, like Stanley has, has explained uh, from Doucet, you know, developing the plan, the rollout plan, and how we move ahead today is critically important. We shouldn't just allow things to just roll over and happen because they need to happen. So best practices, planning ahead is going to be really, really key to us all. Whether it be um, in revenue management, the financing, knee-jerk reactions can cause problems. We need to think about how we manage the revenue, we drive business into the hotels uh, in a very strategic way. Um, the way that we communicate um, the way that we communicate the crisis, whether we ma how we manage crisis, how we communicate with our guests, how we communicate with our staff, how the, the staff communicate with, the, uh, with our guests is going to be absolutely critical moving ahead. Stanley also mentioned, you know, the guest needs. Um, how are we going to deal um, with the guest experience today in terms of the rooms, the amenities that are required, the cleanliness of the rooms, you know. Um, Employees, the key driver in the hospitality industry is going to be um, our, our employees. They have more interaction with the guests and the management. You know, the old adage is is, is um, your 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 porter, the, the guy that or the gal that delivers your luggage to the room spends more time with the guests than than, than probably any senior member of the team. It's important that we channel down all of these things to our people. Effective communications, training, cross-training, as Stanley mentioned, all of these will be fundamental again. I mean, they are very strong in the hospitality industry, but we will relearn those processes. Cost containment, managing cost, developing those strategic plans, critically important. Um, profit protection plans, how are we going to manage all this within our annualized budgets? How are we going to work together with the industry and team to achieve this. From a corporate perspective, um, for both the small operators and the larger developers, dealing with the corporate funding, the financing of the property, cash flow management, your debt, um, um, loans, if that's required, or how you're going to generate alternative forms of revenue um, to, to mitigate any downturn in occupancy. Um, you know, uh, many, many things that, that, that we need to do as an industry. In terms of operators, what the big brands are doing, I think you've seen, you know, just today what Stanley is, is, is telling us that they're doing there. Everyone is doing the same. Um, we've seen multiple hotel closures in those areas uh, where there's crisis. Um, the good news is we're seeing in China today some of those beginning to reopen. We can see a small emergence of growth, which is really, really good. But operate is a very well strategically positioned um, to be able to manage this through their, their, their very, very large networks and their presence in these markets. But equal concern, if not more concern, goes to the smaller owners and operators that, that really, really uh, live on a day-to-day -day basis and, and run passion-based businesses. We need to work hand-in-hand, -hand, whether you're a big operator, 
whether you're a capital player, whether you're a bank institution, with these smaller developers um, and hotel owners to help them and handhold them through the crisis. Thank you, Dean. Hotel associates are a key part of this industry, Stanley. What measures have you taken to maintain associate engagement? And what safeguard measures have you been initiated? Yes, uh, Fausto, you are absolutely right. Yeah. The, the associates now play a vital role in uh, this surviving period. Also, team have shared with us, you know, the, the, the associates, the staff, the, uh, the porter, that is a person that uh, communicate much more than uh, the management. So, but we have to understand also the employee mindset is, uh, is different compared to us as, uh, as owners, as managers. Big figures, we, we've spoken a lot about uh, cost containment, we talk about cash flow, you know, that is very hard to draw the attentions of the employees. So of course, employees now, you know, they report to work under stress and, uh, stress and uh, fear. They look at uh, Facebook, they look at uh, the news of the cases is increasing. So the employee can easily misinterpret that the managements only care about generating revenue and uh, they are exposed to a kind of a not safe working environment with the case of uh, COVID-19 uh, spreading. So engagement is really important. So being present is, uh, is a must to lift up the spirit of the employee. So executive like, uh, like me, like the other executive members and uh, department heads, yeah, we are in the hotel uh, canteen to have breakfast together with the staff nowadays because most of the staff that stay in-house, yeah, they go for breakfast. So we want to be there uh, with them for breakfast. And uh, of course, we're going around the back of the house. No longer you check on the sales. There's no sales and marketing department. You check on the front desk. There's only two people in the front desk for the whole day. So we go to the back of the house. You go to the, the gardener quarter. You go to the housekeeping uh, office that they do a daily briefing. You go to the laundry department. Yeah. Um, you see the frontliners, how they, how they do their daily duties. We ask them what can, uh, what, what is the things that we can uh, do to make them feel safer working in the current situations. Then you will get so much of ideas from them. Yeah. Some gesture also touch the people's heart. For example, uh, we carry uh, alcohol sanitizer. Nowadays you joke about, you drink more alcohol in your hand than your kidney. So you carry the alcohol sanitizer, you spray it on their hand, you know, and then call each of them by name because in the normal days we say we have hundreds of employees. It's hard to know your portal name, your armed security, you know, you hard to know their name. But now there are a few of them. You should address the gardener by name. You should address the cleaner in the washroom by name. You know, you should uh, address the armed security by name because now they become portal and armed security. So in our hotel, the executive also uh, take turns to do some uh, serving of lunch and as I say, breakfast as well. We also give away oranges now to boost the vitamin C, which is very important for them. We also give uh, vitamin C tablets for the staff who is on shift as well. Yeah. So as employers staying in-house, we also created a makeshift uh, laundry area for them to make sure their, their clothes are washed every time. We even purchase our toiletries for them so they do not need to bother about other things and just being focused in the duties that they are doing. 
um, from my office, I do a weekly memorandum to update the situation to them. So to eliminate any people that are, you know, to get uh, fake news or to, to get panic without necessary, to get a memo to update them the situation. We also shared some achievement we have done weeks by weeks, yeah, on the changes that we have. So those will improve the the employees' uh, trust in working in such an environment. To safeguard the the employees, yeah, we provide a nutritious meal. They are not only delicious. We look at all the packed meals we have. Yeah, we make sure that it is nutritious for them. We give uh, frontliners with full protective gears. They have goggles. They have masks. They have gloves if they go into the guest room. We also remind them what is a don't in a COVID-19 situation every single time in the briefing. So those are the things that we, we've done to the staff. Hi, my name is Fausto Liriano and we are back into our series of webinar Managing Hotels During Market Crisis Part 1 Episode 4. Those are really interesting things. Uh, I'm sure your staff are really, really happy, Stanley. Um, how about for the guests? Uh, are, what are the initiatives that, that we're doing to maintain guest experience? Yeah, as Tim mentioned, guest experience is how we, we are hoteliers over here. Uh, but guest experience also in this period of time changed. Yeah, it became it no longer the, the scenting in your lobby, it's no longer uh, the speed of your porter yeah, or the quality of your limousine. Safety is number one right now than anything else. Yeah. So we have implemented a lot of uh, strict, me uh, strict uh, measures. Yeah. I'll share some of those. Uh, no mask, no entry. So we have done it a week ago. Yeah. And then uh, we put a lot of emphasis on uh, social distancing. So all of the service area, such like the receptions area, the breakfast pickup area, the smoking zone, uh, we have a floor marker to guide our guests' uh, social distance. The guest leave also, uh, we, we, uh, we implement only four person per guest leave at any time. Temperature check. So temperature check on top of the entrance. We also check in multiple locations of the hotels, including ourselves. So every time you walk from one section to another section, you've got temperature check as well. Yeah. We implement a lot of uh, uh, no social gathering implementation. So the guests from one room to their long stay, they cannot visit another guest rooms right now. Okay. We also uh, ban the out, uh, outside alcohol to bring to the hotel by this long stay guests because that will initiate a small gathering in the guest room, which we totally want to eliminate. Yeah. So, we provide multi-purpose sanitizer in the room so they can clean uh, the room surface which are not normal in a normal situation. We promote a lot of awareness, up-to-date news in the lobby with the TVs uh, to have updated things over there. So, uh, we also make sure all the guest rooms now that we uh, sell come with complimentary breakfast because we want them to have nutritious meal, these BPO employees. Yeah, it's nothing more important than, uh, than being healthy right now. We give them still an option of Asian, local or Western food. Yeah, of course, fresh fruits and yogurts. Yeah, so that's how we implement uh, and maintain guest experience. 
Thank you, Stanley. I would like to pose a final question to Stanley. Clearly, the crisis will not last forever. If you have crystal ball, what changes do you envision in the hotel or hospitality industry in the future? Well, uh, we don't know you know, how long the situation will be, yeah? but we know that there will be an end in every crisis. Yeah? So we are very focused in order to survive this unprecedented uh, COVID-19 crisis. So for a hotel, if I have a crystal ball, the nearest example I could refer for COVID-19 is SARS in uh, 2003. Personally, I, was, uh, I have an experience in that. I was in Singapore in 2003. I was with the 800 rooms uh, a luxury corporate hotel in the city center of Singapore. The occupancy was in single digit for about two months, if I recall. But after the crisis over, the demand spiked far above any recovery I, I ever seen. So this is like a reset button, the COVID-19 uh, situation right now. So uh, when the reset button start on, the, the recovery spiked up. So, of course, with outstanding result, new hotel concept or brand will be all unveiled yeah, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in that time. So, that goes to also the new trend and great opportunity is awaiting for the industry again after the reset button. Thank you, Stanley. I mean, there's certainly very helpful and best practices insights shared by our guests. Um, team, in a broad term, uh, as we emerge into this new normal of this hospitality industry, would you like to highlight some final takeaways for us? Your microphone is mute. Sorry, apologies. Um, Thank you, Ray. Um, as we move ahead, we've heard some very interesting um, initiatives. Um, but, you know, um, as an industry, we've just, uh, or as a country, we've just heard that community quarantine is going to be extended until April the 30th. Um, so um, that's going to give us um, more challenges to 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 uh, unravel and, and until we reach an end to this. We cannot predict how long the final uh, end will be. Um, but, um, you know, it, we're certainly seeing some positive signs of recovery uh, around the world and the quarantine areas uh, um, um, initiatives certainly are working very, very well. We've seen this in China particularly, whereas even in the hospitality industry, there are positive signs that um, travel is beginning to resume in a controlled fashion. Hotel occupancy is beginning to grow again as domestic uh, travel for business and leisure is, is beginning to come together. So this is really, really critical um, to us. Um, we sincerely hope that we, we will see more uh, government initiatives, tax breaks, incentive uh, to cushion the losses, um, both from a, a, a corporate perspective, from a human uh, capital, um, human resources perspective, so we can all together, hand in hand, withstand the, the longer crisis. You know, but more more importantly and finally, we encourage you all, everybody in the industry, to face this head on, not hide from the situation. And we encourage everybody to develop foresight, planning, and developing a, a business adaptation plan, which can see you through not just today, not just to April of 30 years, but through to the future and how we will run our business and how 
and what changes we will need to make uh, to continue uh, sustainability and growth. Um, and certainly that's one of our initiatives from um, our hospitality practice here at uh, NAI Philippines. And we really are looking at working hand in hand with owners, operators, developers to help them plan and um, execute um, strategies to, um, to take us through and to take us out um, and into these uh, areas of opportunities we see in the future. So lots of challenges, but lots of opportunity and remain positive guys and uh, we will prevail and we will be successful again. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Pastor, you want to say some uh, few words? Well, I just uh, like to thank you, Stanley and Tim, for the time, for the time, and of course for sharing those insights with us. And of course, to those who are joining us, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, uh, for those who, for those of you who have questions, uh, I guess here, please send us an email. Uh, by responding to our webinar invitation you received. And on behalf of Pausto, Tim, Stanley, and uh, all of us from NAIRCL, we thank you all and remember to check the succeeding parts of this hospitality webinar series. We hope to see you again. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stay healthy, stay safe. Peace. everyone it is uh, very interesting to see how the different kind of speakers connect a real common goals into the real estate industry looking into what the future will bring into the development up to the point of how designs and efficient places like co-working co-living spaces are going into uh, the whole real estate industry, so interconnecting one to another. So my name is Fausto Liriano. I am the chairman and CEO of RCL Realty and Consulting Services. I've been in the Philippines for 11 years, and I am assigned to talk today about misuse development, especially those with a five-star international brands hotel. So I, I don't have the... Richard, I don't have the... <laughs> Sorry to, to move on. So as I mentioned, we're going to talk today about misuse development. And to start into this, so we're going to move on with this, understanding this into a seven simple steps. As we can see, we're going to talk, number one, about the microeconomic indicators, because it's very important to understand what kind of development you're going to bring, specifically in the place that you want to bring them. In our case, we focus more on the countryside, bringing landmark projects that can raise the bar of the real estate into the specific area that we will be working. Number two, partnership into international five-stars hotel brands. We are doing this for the past 10 years. And also, what is important into that is that we are not talking only about real estate, but we're also talking about lifestyle. Therefore, we are introducing a lifestyle, uh, very important as mentioned our friend from DVP, having a sustainable design, 
That's why, they, therefore, you should be responsible into the tourist destination. One more important thing to do and to help is integrating the nature into your development. We will know later on how are we doing it, and I am sure so many other developers are doing the same. And very important also talking about epic dining and iconic signatures entertainment. In our case, that is very important because as a difference of developing into the CBD, we are helping the countryside to raise bars into the real estate, into those uh, focal points. And then very important, when you engage into that kind of developments, is the hassless free. So let's understand more about what we are talking about. So Philippine microeconomy, I am sure uh, many of you are very familiar with that, right? So as we know, up to the 2015, Philippine population is 100.9 million. So as of today, I'm not sure, but it must be at least 10% more that that information. Very important, the GDP in the Philippines is very strong. It has been consistency at least 6.3 in the past five to seven years. So uh, foreign investment is 9.8 billion US dollar as far as the uh, records we concern. And we all know that Filipino OFW remittance is 32.2 billion and at least 30% on that money goes to real estate. Uh, inflation is only 3.3%. Exchange rate as of April with dollar is 51.76. And unemployment is only 5.2 as of January 2019. Therefore, the Philippines is very strong in terms of investment and in economy. I believe there was a study that the Philippines is among the 10 top countries to invest in the next 10 years. When we talk about international brand, in our case, we are representing two projects with Ducitani. One is in La Union and the other one is in Cebu. As I mentioned, we'll focus more into uh, countryside, helping into the development, comparing on being into the, the CBD where there is a lot of competitor and a lot of people doing a good job but we want more into helping into the community, into the countryside. And how do we do that? Bringing landmark project that will help the community, not only in terms of helping in the tourism, but also helping into the economy and contributing into helping Filipinos into have a better job in their common area that they are living instead of going away, working somewhere else. Okay, so in our case, as I mentioned earlier, we're carrying on two projects with Ducidito. Uh, number one is uh, in partnership with Grandland, with the Gaisano family in Cebu. It's located in Cebu City beside the Cebu Country Club, in between the Cebu Country Club and the IT, Cebu IT Park. And uh, that project in this specific case is a service apartment. In the case of La Union, we are representing the DCD to Waves Hotel. This is just some, some render of how this is gonna live. And as mentioned by Richard, this is a 7.2 hectare misuse where we will have 100 villas, 216 hotel room, a two tower of condominium with around 168 units and 40 units of beachfront apartments. 
So, as I mentioned before, we don't want to talk about just a real estate. We want to talk about lifestyle. Why is that very important, if you ask me? As I was talking to Richard earlier, or with uh, our friends from JLL, in our case, uh, most of the people who are investing or buying units into this kind of developments are doctors. Doctors have a busy life, but they need a quick, a quick escape where they will be easy to asset. But at the same time, they want to invest in a place that their money will be safe and they are hassless free. We will understand later on why. So number one thing that you will see here is you will enjoy a full first class hotel like amenities. You will, you will have in, in any case, either in the residential or in the hotel, you will have all those kind of services that you can relax and enjoy the lifestyle, like laundry, cleaner, housekeeping, restaurant. Uh, in, in most of the cases, you will also become a member. Therefore, you will have discounts, privilege into, into spending, into the all different areas of the project. Very important, dynamic returns, potential ROI up 7 to 11% per annum. That's a very important factor for this. High property value, value appreciation, potential yield of at least 5%. In most of the cases, definitely is higher than 5%, but we just want to be conservative and not to overpromise to anyone. So let's now talk about you have this kind of lifestyle that you want to bring, but you have to make sure you are doing a responsible tourist and as our friends from PDP mentioned, sustainable designs to be achieving the goal that you want to look into the project. So how do we do that? In simple words, you don't want to you don't want to be like everyone else. You want to be part of the difference. How will you make a difference into that? Uh, there are many ways. In our case, you will probably see later on, one of the things that we add into the nature, what we did before, as mentioned here, you integrate the community. Therefore, you listen what is going on in the place, in the environment, and how you can help to contribute to improve whatever is happening there. So the other point is create impact in the community. How do you do that? Again, you involve the community, you engage with them, and you make them feel part of your development. So in our case, in our case, one of the, the things that we did, which is go parallel with the contributing to the community, is that we are already in our contract with DUCI demanded that at least 80% of the employees should be from the province. Although in the province ordinance of La Union, it is only a 30%. But we want to be more than that because our job, aside to bringing a nice development, is to help the community to grow. So on another note, on another note that, that we have, uh, we get involved. As I mentioned, uh, we, we have programs where we do scholarship, where we do feeding programs, where we do trainings, and of course, where we make sure that we are contributing on whatever the community is doing in that specific areas that we are working. And you will do that. 
in your corporate social responsibilities. A lot of people will only do corporate social responsibility when there is a typhoon, when there is political time, which is also good because somehow you're helping the community. But it, it, you have to be consistent into what you call corporate social responsibility. Another very important thing is you have to respect the environment. Uh, how do you do that? In our case, uh, in one of our projects, in, in La Unión specifically, we are a beach from. So therefore, we do coastal cleaning, and we have uh, lifeguards, and we make sure that the environment is clean. And whatever design we are doing, we will be integrating the environment consideration of the city. And more important, you, you have to look not only into what is going on right now, but what the future will bring to improve those areas. And as I mentioned earlier, you contribute to the economy. How do you contribute to the economy? Number one, uh, the, real, the real estate tax that you will be paying yearly into that development will help tremendously to the people in the community because that will be spling upon, like 25% will go to the barangay, its percentage goes here, but somehow you will help and you will contribute to the economy bringing this kind of project because you are helping, you have to remember, you're helping the real estate bar to increase and to raise. On another note, uh, you have to make sure, as I mentioned, very important, to integrate the nature into your development. A while ago, our friends from uh, PDP, I believe, were talking about uh, uh, how you have to make sure how the water go in, how the water go out. They were mentioning also about, you know, uh, STP and, and, and they are solar, like mentioned also by, by JLL. I think Ian was mentioning about the future, many things like solar panels and, and you know, uh, they, they announced today even uh, by mention by uh, our friends from uh, from uh, town, uh, the name of the co-living, sorry, I forgot. But they mentioned earlier that they were using also glass that will contribute into have less heat, are heat resistant to contribute into helping with the air comb. So there are many ways we can we can help into, into that. But when we talk about integrating the nature, a lot of people will probably don't care about what is uh, going on with the wild. Uh, a good quote will say, children are the living message we send to time we will not see. That's by Niall Postman. So let us instill in the message of respect. That way we can contribute to the children to help into the community. In our case, as I mentioned, one of the things we are doing in La Union, working with Kurma, a, a, a private group in La Union and other sectors, including the local government, uh, we adapt, they call it the Pawican, which is a kind of turtle that a lot of people in the, in the Philippines are doing to preserve them. Uh, but it's sad to see that only 1% of those turtle hatching survive to become adults. Yes, sea turtles is amazing, but they will come back to the place that they they born. How do they do that? I don't know. It's, part of the nature, right? <laughs> so we dramatically increase their chances for survival by making sure they get to the water. So we had that kind of program uh, in La Union. And as a matter of, of, of fat, you know, that's why it's important to involve the community. 
Uh, there are many things that we have to consider to make sure that the Pawican are going to be preserved. There are small things that you can do. For example, one of the smaller things that will impact those Pawican in the beach area is number one, use yellow light. Don't use other kind of lights because we'll keep them away. This is just a little effort that will help impact into the community. Number two, probably make a noise or, or you know, like party and things like that up to certain time, let's say up to 10 p.m., 11 p.m., so the Pawican can have time to go around into the other time. So that's one of the things that, that we add into them. Another way to see is sad to see a lot of development, uh, they are not considering or in, in plants, they will have three plantings. But when we go into development, there is no, there is no plan to comply and probably no government entity are most of the time monitoring that kind of implementation. In our case, and like many other developers, I am sure, we want to make sure that you will hire a good landscape architect who will make sure that your environment uh, is, it will have you know, a lot of nature integrating in the place. But it's very important, even if you believe it or not, again, to involve the community to understand how that kind of trees work in your specific place, because not all the trees will adapt to your development. So that, those are simple, uh, simple efforts that you can do to help integrating uh, nature. In our case, again, in one of our projects, we are into a surfing area, but again, you want to do it responsible. You just don't want to be like everyone else putting surfboard and doing, you know, a lot of things, but at the end, the place is so dirty, you are not taking care of coastal cleaning, garbage, etc., etc., etc. So the next topic, let's talk about epic dining and iconic uh, signatures entertainment. Why this is very important? Because again, guys, you have to remember, we are talking that in our case, we are helping the countryside. And the only way that you can do that is bring into those places things that people don't need to go far away, let's say to the city, to enjoy those kind of things. So example, simple example of those is uh, in our case, again, in La Union, uh, Ducey is bringing Café Soy which is one of their signature restaurants worldwide. So they are bringing that kind of experience of Thai food to La Union, where people don't need to come anymore to Manila to enjoy into that. So another simple example is, for example, we'll bring a Nam uh, spa. It's again another special kind of spa treatment for Ducey. And one thing that we have observed is in La Unión, a lot of people want to enjoy, or not in La Unión, I will say in the whole Philippines, they like to have their marriage or other activity by the beach. So that's another uh, simple thing that you can just have it properly done for them to enjoy. At the same time, La Unión right now doesn't have a big ballroom, so we are bringing to La Unión the big ballroom for people, again, to enjoy all kind of activities, even like this one. Like we hope in future we can host this kind of real estate in La Union. So when we talk about hassle-free, okay, 
is again, a lot of Filipinos, they work out. They send money to the Philippines and they buy a property. They need to have a caretaker to take care of the property. They need to pay electricity. They need to pay water. They need to pay association dues. They need to pay probably uh, amortization into the property they are buying. In this case, the beautiful thing about bringing this kind of development into the Philippines is that people is hustling free into that. How do they do that? Is your home away from home experience? Is fully furnished? You are part of corner of a hotel service apartment. At the same time, what is important here is that instead of you to spend money, you will be receiving money in the pool. So meaning to say that depends who is the operator of the hotel, but most likely most of the big brand will make sure they give a good ROI. Instead of you to put in money to pay electricity, caretaker, water, homeowner association, realty tax, probably insurance, you are free of all of this. And at the same time, you can enjoy, let's say, 30 days a year for free and make money on a monthly basis. So you are worry-free. In some cases, we have seen samples like people will say, hey, Fausto, uh, I live in US. During winter, I want to be in the Philippines. And during summer, I want to go back to US. So what they do, they probably will enroll their unit six months into the rental program in other six months they are away so therefore they can save money when they come to the philippines they can enjoy life so those those are the kind of hustlers free uh, you will have having an international hospitality group and again in this specific case we are talking about uh Ducid, but uh there are many brands lastly uh, hospitality sector demand drivers are drive by tourists, business, and MISE, which is meeting, incentive, convention, and exhibits. So I believe with that kind of development, you can cover up. So I'm sorry I ran out of time. I hope you guys enjoy. And if you have any questions, you can approach me. Thank you very much, and God bless us all.